Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi there. Welcome. Welcome to the Frank Sontag Show. Steve Arterburn here filling in today and really glad that you're with me today. I've got a couple of great, great uh, guests today. I hope you're going to enjoy them. You know, uh, California is a great place. I raised um, my daughter, Madeline, there. And, you know, people say it's one of the few places you can be at the beach one minute and you know, by in the morning, afternoon, you can be skiing. Uh, you know, you, you never have to shovel snow. Most people don't. All these kinds of things in Southern California. Well, when it comes to well-being of children, there's a Casey Foundation in California. It says that, um, actually, California ranks 35 out of 50 in overall child well-being. And um, that ranking uh, takes a look at education, economic security, and health. And, you know, for a progressive state that, um, you know, really prides itself in being progressive, it's not when it comes to kids. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to do that with uh, one of the people on the planet that I uh, respect the most. Jim Burns. He Jim is a um, well. He's head of an organization called Homeward, and he's got a, about two million resources in print and twenty languages. And Homeward is all about strong marriages and confident parents, empowered kids, healthy leaders. And uh, one of uh, his best books is uh, "Doing Life with Your Adult Children," which just more and more has become such an issue for folks with difficulties with their adult kids. And so uh, Jim and I go way back. We used to travel together. We were both focused on the family authors, wrote the book uh, Drug Proof Your Kids. So I would love for all of you and me to welcome in my good friend, colleague, Jim Burns. Hey, Jim, how are you? Steve, great to be with you. Glad you're uh, talking with us here in California now that you've left our state, you dirty, uh, rotten guy. But also, you know, you said nice things about me, but you're truly one of the uh, my most treasured friends on this planet, and I appreciate you so much. Well, thanks, Jim. We, uh, we've really we've been all over the world together, I, I think you could say, and it's just been we've had some of the best experiences ever. But I want to bring it down to what just happened uh, today. Um, I have a 12-year-old daughter, Jim, and she is a, a fan of uh, a couple of, of a set of twins. I'll just leave it at that. They're twins, and she's a big fan. And so she watches them, and, and they're great. You know, they, they uh, do some playing, and, and they, they were doing Minecraft together the other day. They, but they're funny, and they're entertaining. So... She texts, I was uh, taking her mother to lunch, and, and Amelia texts me and says, Dad, um, the the twins will 
respond to my comment or they'll read my comment over the air if I'll send them four dollars. <laughs> you know, and I, I talked to Misty and, and we said, you know, we don't know why, but the, you know, it's just we've never heard of anything like this before. That that somebody would have a program for younger kids and and then ask them to send four bucks and if you do, we're going to make you feel really important, and we're going to read your comment. And so as we talked about it, you know, we, we just said, well, we don't want her paying people to give her attention. That doesn't make sense. We, um, we, we actually don't know necessarily that the twins set this up, but somebody, it seemed like, was kind of drawing her in to enjoy these folks and then ask for money for access to them. And it wasn't, hey, send us $4. We want to feed the homeless. It was send us $4 because you care so much about us. You want us to read your thing. And I I said to her, you know, it ought to work where fans love them and they love the fans, love the contact. But we said no, and it was quite quite uh, an issue there. What do you think about that? As as you, I mean, it just came up about two hours ago. It's a new world there. What if they had yeah. asked her to send a picture? Well, or whatever? It is a new world, and, and let me tell you why it worries me. It does worry me that they're asking kids for money, but it worries me on a deeper level because all over this country, uh, we advertise and use media to uh, sell things to kids that um, they really shouldn't be be doing, but they'll, they'll put it with kids. For example, uh, not too far from where I live, there's a, a big sign up that talks about uh, marijuana. Well, marijuana is not legal for a 12-year-old, but the sign That's looks right. like it's for a 12-year-old because it's written for kids, it, it's kid cool, and of course they would never say that they're doing that, but Again, it, it doesn't appeal to an adult group. It appeals to, to kids. And we've done yeah. that for years with other types of things. But I think it's getting worse and worse and more blatant. And I think we have to be careful with that. It, it concerns me that, um, again, we're going after kids with their money because, uh, you know, kids are vulnerable. And uh, this one, it might not, it's a big deal, but it might not be as big a deal if somebody said, send me $4 and I'll show you my naked body. And, of course, yeah. that goes on as well. And if they're doing yeah. it for one thing, they're going to do it for another. And, you know, it's tough. So I'm concerned about that. I I'm, I think you and Misty made a really, really good idea. And you probably didn't get like, hey, thanks, you're the greatest parent in the world. But no, no. <laughs> nobody said we were going to always have our kids love what we what we do. We've got to set boundaries, and you did it right. Well, you know, it's uh, so hard to discern something. It's so hard uh, to know whether it's right or wrong, especially if you're, 12 but one of the things i i said to her i said you know um your brother at age 19 uh, and that's a lot older than 12 uh was following a guy was uh really you know committed to his ministry and um we did a little research and we didn't think that it was all that great a ministry and then i saw a video of him um on the street doing the lengthen your leg trick that fake faith healers do to a little sure. boy with the camera rolling. And I said to him, now look at this. And, and I, I said, if you have the gift of healing, are you, is this what you're going to do with it? 
And then I showed him through the centuries, fake faith healers have done this little technique to make people think, yeah, I just made your leg grow longer, which it just doesn't happen. And it took that to get him to see, oh, this guy is not for real. But I was fortunate enough to have something that was absolutely fake and had been used again. But kids don't have that. They they are at the mercy of what they see on media. What do you tell parents about the access to social media, of what's happening with social media? What are your thoughts about all that? Well, I think we've got to be really proactive as parents and teach them to have a uh, create a media-safe home. And, you know, we didn't do that. Our parents didn't have to do that. My parents got mad at me because my, you know, phone that was a landline had a long cord and I could talk to my girlfriend, you know, in, in my bedroom privately, and they'd come in and, you know, tell me to get off the phone. But, you know, it's a different world today, Steve. And so, again, I think we have to teach them, uh, all parents have to have to listen to what kids listen to, read what they read, watch what they watch, see what they see. And it, it's harder today. But again, on a positive side, and you actually gave the illustration, you and Misty, your parents of the year on this, is that all studies show that the more positive, value-centered, uh, moral issues that parents talk about, the less promiscuous, the less involved in you know, crummy activities. And that's how we do it. We teach them not just from a negative side, but we teach them from a positive side. So are kids going to view pornography? Yeah, probably. So it's our job as parents, before they ever view that pornography, to help them understand what positive, healthy, say, for example, sex education is. And so, you know, starting at three to five, it's not that you're talking about all the you know, details of it, but you're saying God made your body, and and that's good, and you're teaching them a concept, and then at six to nine, you start answering their questions, and by the time they're 10, you know, you're giving them information that your parents probably didn't give you, but again, back to that idea that all, all studies show that, that when we do this and when we're proactive, so when we're proactive talking about sex education, when we're proactive uh, talking about media and helping them learn to discern, and it's harder today, sure. So it means we've got to put more energy and get the resources we need. I put it on the parents, and I think sometimes even Christian parents, we do a lot of complaining about what's going on in our culture. And, you know, the culture is on fire. It's crazy. Even, even you know, the, the more liberal side says it's on fire. But that also, with that, that in mind, parents who are proactive about helping their kids and having the conversations that you and Misty have with your kids that I try to have with mine – we're going to win because, you know, again, back to that study that all all um, kids say that they do better when their parents did help them work through those issues. So that's what we do. It's not easy. Yeah. It's complicated. Um, well, we can complain about it or we can be more proactive and help our kids learn to discern. Well, you know, uh, Fred Stoker and I, we wrote uh, preparing your son and preparing your daughter for uh, every young man and every young woman's battle but we didn't start our kids with that uh when they were about five i think or six yeah there were these great books called good pictures bad pictures and uh, i was so glad that we found them because what it teaches them to do is if they see some kind of image to call it what it is to know that that's not appropriate and uh, don't be ashamed right. that you saw it. Tell us about it so we can talk about it. I wish I had written those books, but yeah. they're, they're really, really good. And over uh, the years, I've had parents believe that when a boy, let's say, is 10, 
it's time to start talking about this issue mm-hmm. of sexual integrity. Right. And and I think if you're waiting until ten, uh, it's it's too late. Right. So would, what no, do you think? Right. It's too it's too late. Well, what do you think? Not too late is, at ten because you can keep talking. But, but yeah, go ahead. but you need to start earlier. Is the um, is yes. the point? Yes. So so in your thinking, what is the biggest uh, problem between parents, kids? And then we'll talk about the biggest threat in society. When it comes to parenting, what do you think is the is the biggest uh, mistake that more parents make than others? Well, I would say consistency with setting up boundaries and discipline, and um, and even consistency with teaching, say, morals and values, and and also a biblical worldview. So to, I'm going to use the word consistency. You know, it, it's hard to be a parent today. You know, we oftentimes just parent by circumstance and chance. Hey, we made it through Thursday. Hip hip hooray! Now we got to do it again <laughs> yeah. on Friday. You know, right. it's not easy. But when we're consistent, and I think we have a plan or a strategy. Now, again, like Kathy and I, we probably agree on 80% of you know our parenting issues, and that's we laugh at that because you know I write books on parenting, and she doesn't always agree on everything I've I've always said. But if you welcome agree to the club, there that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and and I think you you begin to you take a step back and you say, you know, the, the bottom line in parenting is raising responsible adults, and I'm going to add who love God. And if that's the case, then you start at those young ages. You're parenting differently. You're parenting to help them become, you know, those those kinds of responsible adults who love God. And so, again, when we have a plan or we have a roadmap, and actually the Bible has a great roadmap in terms of teaching us how to do that and how to help build a legacy of faith in our kids and things like that. But, again, then the issue becomes we're, we're too busy. We're so busy just going from, you know, place to place and thing to thing that uh, it's this breathless pace in which we live our lives. So then we're not as proactive when we're busy and when we're tired. Then we kind of let our defenses down and we're not as consistent. So it's kind of that vicious cycle. Yeah. Well, I think that given how easy it felt for parents uh, to raise kids back in the days of father knows best, there were still many problems, but it seems so simpler back then, much more complex today. I I would just say you could sum up parents as being extremely confused, if nothing else. And here's here's something that I've seen more and more of uh, just in dealing with some of the kids from people that support New Life from their parents, is passive parenting. This passivity that I, I don't know of any problem that's ever been solved with passivity and where you just sitting there no. hoping, wishing and praying. You you really yeah. I mean so many parents are passive and then surprised when at age 16 it appears that their child is more in control of the relationship than they are. Can you talk You're about right. that you know, a little the, bit? The word that I've been using lately is, you know, we've got to lead. And uh, leading doesn't mean you yell, spit, shout, bite. You might want to. <laughs> but yeah. lead means that with authority and authenticity, uh, we we take the lead as parents. And, you know, I, I had a mom, a single mom, and I just felt for her because she was living a tough life. And she said to me just recently, I was speaking over at Saddleback, and she said, um, she said, I... I just want my daughter to be my best friend at 13. Mm. I said, no, you don't. 
your daughter already thinks you're too old. She, this was this beautiful young gal. She wasn't old, in my opinion. I'm old. And, but I said, no, you don't want to be your best friend. You want to be your parent. Eventually, she's going to become an adult, and you'll have more of an adult-to-adult relationship. But she's not your best friend. And don't act like she's your best friend. Lead. You take the lead because it sounds like your daughter's you know, running all over you. And I think that's a message for today's parent, as you said, because we get we get too passive or we don't because maybe parents were raised on shame-based parenting by their parents. They don't want to shame-based parent their kids, which isn't healthy. But in doing that, they think the opposite is passive. And no, 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 that's not it. It's, it's actually taking the lead, yeah. having a plan, sticking to it, holding the boundaries. And loving on him at the same time, and you can do that. You know who did it really well? Jesus. He showed us grace, and he showed us discipline, and sh- and yet, you know, he still loves us like crazy. And we knew, and, and you know, we all know he loved us, even though there's some consequences to some poor choices. That's how we do it with parenting too. We could learn from some of the ways, you know, he treated people here on earth, and as well as um, just throughout the scripture. Well, you know, when you, when you talk about um, a child is raised one way maybe really, really hardcore, and then the parents become passive because they don't want to raise their kids the way they were raised. Yeah. Well, that's a reactive parenting style. Yeah. It's, right. it's a reaction. Right. It's not responding to what your child no. needs. And that's why I say every person's job is to get over mommy and daddy. And whether they were great or they were horrible, you've got to get over mommy and daddy. Because if mommy was great, uh, then you might try to, you know, if you were a boy, you might try to find a woman that could love you like mommy. And and no woman's going to be able to do that. And if she was horrible, then you're trying to find a woman to compensate for what mommy didn't do. And it goes the same with fathers and, and others. So... So we have to get over mommy and daddy so that we can truly respond to what God wants and what our kids need rather than react. I'll say one more thing about it, Jim. When when we say, I will not raise my kids like dad raised me, then you're setting the standard at dad. And yeah, you, you'll, you'll do better than dad. You might do 10% better than dad. But if dad was at the 20% level, you're only... 30% as good a parent as you need to be. So we've got to we got to get over that so that we can set the standard at 100% or at at God's standard, not way down there just a little bit better than than dad or mom. Good point, Steve. I'm writing notes on you today. That's that's a, that's very important, and we I don't think we talk enough about that when we, those of us who are doing you know parenting seminars and things like that. I don't think we talk enough about that, and you know we have to be able to, uh, you know, take care of our we we have to take care of God can help us get through some of the negative family patterns that we were raised with. Yeah. And his standard is different than the standard, like you said, the you know, ten percent better or whatever. And we have to learn a new standard. And uh and luckily we have that. We have that with resources, we have that in the scripture, we have that with mentors. And so in a real positive way we can do better. Yeah. Uh, than our parents, especially if we came from, I came from a dysfunctional family. Kathy and I said, look, we're either going to recover or repeat the sins of the previous generation. It's yeah. scriptural. We decided early on that we would try to recover, and it's been, you know, one of the best things we've ever done. Well, that doesn't got, mean that we do it perfectly. No, but, but you've got great our kids. Our standard is not our parents. Yeah. I've got to go to a break. When we come back, I want to, um, 
I want to start off by talking about how to teach your kids to hate you and reject you when they grow up and are, are adults. That's a little light topic we'll talk about right after this. You're listening to KKLA and KPRZ and all the other stations that carry this. We're back. Steve Arterburn here with really great, great man, Jim Burns. And before we go any further, Jim, what's the title of your latest book? Jim, what? In fact, it just what, came out on Tuesday. Have to what is it? And 12 other principles to make each day count. Appreciate your endorsement on it. You said nice things about it and about me. So I appreciate that, my friend. And, and if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? They can go to our website. It's called Homeword, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D, like the Word of God, homeword.com. Great ministry, great um, focus on helping families succeed, and a lot of great, uh, well, we have a, you know, a lot of free blogs, things like that, a lot of free material, as well as we have some great resources. So, okay. Uh, Jim, we, one of the things that we never talked about when we were traveling around all over, I don't know, what was that, 30 years ago or something, maybe even more, I don't know. But we weren't talking about uh, gender. We weren't talking about gender confusion. Right. Uh, we weren't talking about right. the issue of transgender. Uh, what, when you look at what's going on in that area, and by the way, we're, we're going to be talking about it for an hour uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to be uh, playing some clips from a person who uh, detransitioned but what's your what are your thoughts when you look at what's happened here with this whole issue of gender confusion and transgender and all of that? Well, I'm glad you're going to take an hour on it tomorrow, Steve, because it's such an issue. As you said, a number of years ago, we didn't talk about it. Oh, we talked about homosexuality, lesbianism, and we were saying it's about you know two percent of the population. That was the study that we knew yeah. from the people who actually you know, we're gay. Uh, but today it's changed so dramatically because today so many kids have what we call gender identity confusion. I don't think we have as many people who are gay or uh, transgender, uh, lesbian as we think. I think it's a lot of kids, and I'm focused more on the kids, but I think we have a lot of kids who are, you know, gender identity confused. And I, and I think that's way up there. And part of that is because of media. Part of it's because culture. But it goes back to the same theme we were talking about, Steve, that the more positive value-centered sex education we parents as Christians give to our kids, A, the less promiscuous they'll be, but B, the less confused they'll be. So yeah. we've got a lot of kids today who are absolutely confused with what's going on in their head or from their friends. And so sometimes they'll experiment and what we forget about is that when a, and this sounds, you know, here we are talking on, on Christian radio, but when a young girl kisses another young girl, she has some of the same feelings that uh, a heterosexual like myself had when I was in junior high or whatever, right? Yeah. So it gets them confused. And so, again, it goes back to the fact that nobody talks to them about a healthy biblical you know, value-centered sex education. And so that's my concern. My concern is with all the kids who are gender identity confused when they don't have to be because we can help them. And not just by saying, don't be like that person, but actually say, it's not this, it's this, and this is what we believe, and here's why we believe it. And I think it can help a lot of kids when all you ha we have to do is just start t swallowing. It might be awkward. 
um, swallowing you know, some of the things that maybe parents said to us or even for some in the church and start talking about a healthy sexuality that's God-given, God-created. I mean, a- after all, God is the designer of sex and sexuality. And unfortunately, the world's taken over, and uh, the world has a very different view than, than uh, we do as, as Christ followers. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll tell you what I did with uh, Solomon. I, when he was 10, uh, I said to him, I said, Solomon, you know, when I was your age, I'd wake up one morning. I, I I just wanted to do girl things. I felt more like a girl than a boy. I I wanted to hang out with them. And then the next day, I didn't even want to talk to a girl. I was I was wanted to be with the guys. I said, if you go through that the way I did, don't don't worry about it. It's it's uh, it's what people do. It's normal at this time. Things are fluctuating and and there's confusion and all sorts of different kinds of attraction. Now, he says that's the most important conversation we ever had. So I, I wasn't very good at anything else. But anyway, um, it's it's so difficult to have any credible message as a parent with so many difficult, yeah. different, distinct messages from other so- sources. It's almost like the parent is just this little drop of white paint in a bucket of black. It's very hard to uh, have any kind of voice if you're not really determined to speak into their lives. It's hard hey, to, hey, Steve, it's hard I agree do. with you to an extent, because we do feel sometimes like that little drop of paint. But that's not what the studies say. The studies say that, that when parents are actively engaged with helping kids uh, to think through just what you did with Solomon, think through, and when they're authentic and willing to have those conversations, listen to their kids, not just give the one point, that they will continue to be the most dominant influence when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to faith. You know, today we have kids who are walking away from faith. What we find is that there is a much greater chance that kids will stay in a faith if there are faith conversations in the home that aren't toxic or, you know, all, you know, kind of crazy mode, preachy luxury. And so parents still are the most important influence. Yeah. And, and, Yet, so oftentimes as parents, we feel and we look at the culture and we say, there, there is nothing we can do because we're getting wiped out here by you know, public education or by uh, you know, what happened with the media or whoever the latest, greatest you know, rock star is. But that's not what research says. Research says it's still parents. So yeah. that's good news, and it's also bad news if parents aren't willing to you know, buck it up and say, like you did with Solomon, hey, there's moments when you, you might feel like this. And then there's moments when you're not going to, and here's how you're going to do it. That's, it's a, you know, he, he saw that as an important one. My kids just said whenever I had those kind of conversations, Dad, you are so awkward. You know, your bald yeah. head sweats and your ears turn red and, you know, when you're talking about it. And guess what? I still influenced him by having those conversations, and so did my wife Kathy, of course. Well, I appreciate you um, correcting me there because I have a bad attitude well, I don't today, know if I'm and I'm a little bit— saying, no, I'm I'm just, parents, no, We sometimes no, give true. up when we hear yeah. this, no, what's going true. on out, out there. And we don't have to, because we are yeah. the influ- we are the most important influence. Okay, so I want to make this uh, one point about how we treat our parents as training for how our kids are going to treat us. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from grandparents their kids uh, are so angry that they won't let the grandparents have access to the grandkids. So yeah. the grandchild is looking at mom and dad 
wanting to be with the grandparents, but the parents are saying, no, we're not going to do that. When I see that, I see the future, and I, I don't even have a crystal ball, but I see those kids being taught how to negate the importance of parents, how to hold a grudge against parents, and all of that is going to come back to haunt these parents that have said, we're just not going to let you have access to these kids, or we're going to break things right. off. And and it really is, I mean, there are some cases where, yes, sure. it's toxic to be around those parents, your right. your older parents that are grandparents of your kids. But most of the time, I think that's really bad, bad advice whenever that's done. What do you think? I, I, agree, I agree with you, Steve. It's Again, what they're doing is they're teaching by example how, how not to do it. And again, there are reasons, please hear that, that if there's you know, abuse or there's, you know, like you say, any kind of, if there's huge toxic behavior where there's, you know, a time where you have to create some boundaries, sure. But by and large, I think it's important that we engage parents. You know, back in the old days, <laughs> um, and these were longer days than us, you know, parents lived, they were in 1940, um, before you and me, but in 1940, 70% of, of households in America had a grandparent living with them, and that grandparent had a had a big influence. When Today, when we look at faith, for example, number one is mom, most influential. Number two is dad. We're a little second, and we're a little distant, so we need to buck it up. But you know who's number three? Grandparents. So, you know, on a positive level, grandparents are, you know, a lot of times people say it was, you know, is that praying grandparent or is that, you know, it was that grandparent. And, you know, today I'll hear oftentimes that that there are parents who won't let their kids be with their grandparents because the grandparents are Christian and they're not. <laughs> and yeah, uh, or the grandparents right. will talk to them about, you know, Jesus. And, I, and I'm sad about that as well. But no, grandparents, you know, the, it, the extended family is, is, is messy and the extended family is, is good. It's good to be connected. Uh, our daughter, Christy, who you know well and were there yes, as she I was do. adopted, our, our daughter, Christy, um, talks so often about how important the, the extended family is, even a non-perfect extended family. But uh, because of her adoption, sometimes, she, you know, that becomes even more prevalent to her that family is key and family is critical. So I think we, I think we do that, even though our families are, you know, no family's perfect. Um, yeah. But I think we still embrace that whenever we can. Well, Jim... Um... Of course, I respect you so much as a person. I respect you as an authority. And so you're going to be involved with our parenting seminar that we're doing on October the 2nd. And I'm really glad that you're going to be there. Anybody that wants to find out about uh, what we're going to be doing there, we've got Ph.D. Alice Benton, Becky Brown, Jim Burns, Jackie Mac Harris, Mylon and Kay Yurkovich, myself. We're all going to be doing a seminar on parenting, and it's all about a lot of different things like smartphones and bullying and discipline and boundaries and understanding uh, your buttons so your kids can't push them. But you can find out about it at kkla.com uh, forward slash new life. Jim, can you hang on for uh, another uh, segment here? I sure can, and I'm looking forward to being on that Fearless Parenting Conference because I want to I go to every session, by the way. Yeah, well, we had to. We had only have people that are fearless doing the fearless parenting uh, conference. So we'll be good to be with you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come right well, back great with people. more. Got great, got great yeah, leaders. Steve Arderman here. We'll be back right after this. Please stay tuned.
Steve Arterburn here, special guest today, Jim Burns, and uh, Dr. Jim Burns. Jim is uh, just a loyal, wonderful friend, and I uh, I can't recommend anything he does. Or uh, I, Did I just say that, Jim, that I can't recommend anything? <laughs> I I recommend everything you do. Well, I can't. Friend, don't recommend anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't recommend anything more than Jim's uh, work in his book. The title of the new book is... Your new book title title is New Book is Have Serious Fun and Twelve Other Principles to Make Each Day Count. Got released last week. Okay. Have Serious Fun, Jim Burns. And then Jim, if if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can go to homeword.com, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D, like word of God dot com. And uh, we do great things here in Southern California too. I mean our ministry is is national and international, but because we're located here in Southern California, uh, our Refreshing Your Marriage conferences always are around here. We're doing a parenting seminar or, you know, any of our other things. Plus, we do webinars and things like that that people can always jump on. They're free. And uh, so, anyway, Southern California's home. All right. Well, we'll see October the uh, 2nd, Jim, and uh, thank you so much for Mm -hmm. being with me, and I look forward to seeing you down down the road you are one amazing person but before you go would you just encourage parents absolutely i would say to parents that uh no even good parents have who are doing a good job and no parent thinks they're doing a great job but even parents who are doing a good job have kids who sometimes make poor choices and with that in mind keep it up get a re- get replenishing a relationships around you and uh honestly lately in my mind i've been thinking you know what the trait of a healthy family, one of the biggest ones is play. You know, we, it's a missing yeah. ingredient to family. So have some serious fun. Lean into to uh, having fun as a family. That's when we sometimes connect, not when we have deep, you know, tough conversations. But sometimes better conversations come after we've had some fun. So, you know, we're still in summer. Have some fun. Life's crazy. There's a wildfire going on in the culture, and yet families can still you know, be intentional about having some fun and, and playing together, and that draws them together, and that becomes a close-knit family. So you can do that. Uh, it's, not, it's not rocket science here. It's, it's doing what you know to do. Give it the time and, uh, and ask God to help you. Mm. Thank you so much, Jim, and appreciate that word to all parents, and we'll see you down the road. Jim Burns, he is one amazing person, and any information you want about Jim, you can go to uh, Homeward. Dot com Or, you know, we'd be happy to direct you to him by going to kkla.com forward slash uh, new life. And you can uh, get it, find everything there that you might or, or you can find everything that Jim is doing. We'll get you in touch with him and his ministry. But let me just talk to you for a minute, because if you're a parent or you want to be a parent, you know, there is there's some tough things, really tough things and we have to step up no matter what and i have heard some horror stories and you just don't want to be one of these horror stories where a child makes a decision a choice and you disown them or you shame them or you you tell them until they change you're not going to be part uh, of their life it it just isn't the way to do it this is it's a difficult world for us adults, it is very difficult for kids. And so whatever they are into, we have to help them. We have to reach them. We have to be strong, not passive. But we have to tell them, 
if this is if this is what you're going to do, uh, I am going to go through this with you. I'm not going to enable it. I'm not going to endorse it. But I'm here. And I'm not just going to stand on the sidelines. I'm here. I'm going to continue to tell you uh, what I think and feel. I'm going to love you above everything else. I mean, that's the priority. And if you don't have that love for your child, then you you really perhaps are looking for an excuse to reject them because the love is not there. And I'll tell you, in, in Southern California, there it is a tough culture. Uh, a lot of experts say that, you know, one of the biggest issues is the culture's view of parenting and how little authority the authorities want parents to have. And sometimes, you know, they're they're saying, well, it doesn't matter what the parent says. We've got to go with what the child says, what the child wants. And I'm going to tell you, it can be very very hurtful to everybody involved when there isn't a strong foundation of strong parenting with any child that comes our way. Now, there's a resource that a lot of people, well, maybe you grew up with it, maybe you didn't. But I'm going to tell you, if your child is not involved in some kind of church youth group, you're missing a great opportunity that I believe every teenager needs. I think they want it, and they deserve it. And not every church does a great job at that. And I would say this. You know, you don't have to be a member of a church to have your child involved in the greatest youth group in your community. But if it came down to it, I'd rather go to a church that could truly minister to my child uh, than one that sings the music that I want to have some. And so find the church that loves kids and is working to reach kids and to build the character of kids. Not just have a good time, but you have to you have to have that as a youth uh, ministry, but that can't be all that's there. I really do believe if if we stay engaged with our kids, if we show them love no matter what, get them involved with some other folks that are really positive and powerful, godly influences, it is a huge, huge step in the right direction toward them being raised in the right direction. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with saying, I think my child needs a little bit of counseling. And you find a Christian counselor that, um, you know, same gender, respected, and uh, and you, you just see if that person might not be able to find out what is the conflict within this child that's causing so many of these difficulties. And so what I'm saying is I think a youth group could really help. I think a Christian counselor is another option. Don't just roll over and play dead. There are things. I think loving the child and being engaged in their life and I think prayer, constant prayer for your child. It, it absolutely can change everything. But perhaps the biggest thing, bigger than a youth group, a counselor, loving them, being engaged with them, praying for them, the biggest thing 
is you, your life, how you are perceived by them, how they experience you has the biggest impact ever. And you just don't want them seeing you addicted to digital devices, seeing you with horrible eating habits, or, you know, maybe your anger, or your distortion and lying. None of that. Uh, they, they must see a person of character, full of love and compassion, even in the most difficult times. That's the best thing that we can do as parents. Well, I want to remind you, uh, we do have a parenting seminar October the 2nd at New Life. Jim will be part of that. Uh, also, if you go to kkla.com forward slash New Life, we do have a great audio download with me and Max Lucado talking about fearless living and then also 10 Steps to Freedom, our gift to you. But I'm really grateful to get to be with you and talk about these kinds of important things. And I just hope and pray something that I've said or Jim has said. uh, I just hope and pray that it would make a difference in your life, the life of your children, and the life of your children's children also. Just want to share with you some of the, the things that we're doing at New Life. I hope and pray that you'll join me at 2 o'clock on KKLA right here. 2 p.m. is New Life Live, and you can call us with your questions, whatever you want to talk about. We don't, we don't have an agenda. We don't have a topic. It's what you want to talk about, and we're doing the best we can with the best clinicians who are committed Christians above all else, and so come and join us for that 2 o'clock every weekday. On August the 7th, I've got uh, Every Man's Battle online. One day, you could become a man of integrity that day. That's coming up this Saturday. And I hope and pray that you will, because it could change everything for you from top to bottom. If you've struggled with emotions in a week, uh, or a little little more than a week, Emotional Freedom is online August the 14th. It's a Zoom uh, conference but we still put you in groups with other people. So it's not just listening to someone speak, but you're dealing with the things that have caused the emotional damage in your life. We want you to be free, and you will be. Intimacy in Marriage is October 15th through the 17th in Dallas. That's a live event, as is our Restore. That's for women who have been hurt uh, by a man with sexual integrity problems. The Restore is November 12th through 14th in Washington, D.C., I've mentioned it before, but we have our Fearless Parenting Conference. Jim Burns, my guest today, one of those that will be involved with that. You can find out about the Fearless Parenting Conference October 2nd at kkla.com forward slash new life. And then um, I spent quite a bit of time talking about Christian recovery, life recovery, and this wonderful life recovery Bible, a great, amazing gift to anybody that's in recovery. September 25th in Sioux Falls, Idaho, we're going to do our life recovery conference. We do one every year. Hope and pray that you could join us for that. All across this country, we have licensed, vetted Christian counselors. Dozens in the Southern California area. And to get one, all you have to do is call us at one 800 new life it's the place to call whatever you need we've got resources you could follow me on facebook instagram and twitter i'd love that you just search for Stephen arterburn or or at steve arterburn also 
we have uh, New Life. Uh, you can watch us on Facebook every day, and we love getting to do that. In the meantime, I want you to be encouraged. God loves you. He has gone to great trouble for you to live forgiven and in his grace, and he wants you to turn right around and do that for somebody else. Let's be forgiving and loving above all things.